Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Hi guys, thanks for clicking on the link today and joining us for another story. Um, as per usual, I'm super excited to be um, being able to have a conversation with someone and be inspired by them and get to know them and hear a little bit more about their journey. And to, today we have Jesse. Hi Jesse. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh, so let's, straight off the bat, I love just a, a basic way of getting to know you is I would love to know, so a bit about the body that you came into, what do they call it, like a meat sack that you have. I'd love <laughs> to know how old your meat sack is and uh, what stage of life you feel like you're currently at. Okay, um, I'm 32 years old and I guess what stage of life I feel like I'm at. Um, I feel like I'm at an operational stage of my life or a very active stage of my life. I'm definitely using a lot of my time. There's no, mm. I don't really have barriers now to, to feel like I can inject myself in a space. Um, so yeah, I feel 32. <laughs> <laughs> so is that before you used to feel like nervous, like in like social things or like or no. taking up space or having an opinion or? No, I'm not. Yeah, I guess maybe more what I mean about that is that we all tend. I, I mean, I'm. I shouldn't speak on behalf of other people, but you know, sometimes we we think we need to have a certain amount of knowledge about something yeah. or a certain amount of skill set before we'll operationalize that knowledge or yeah. before we'll actually, you know, get into something. Or yeah. I just don't feel like I have that barrier anymore as oh. much as I, as I used to. So is it now you're just so much more comfortable with the learning? Like you're like, I know a little bit and I'm still willing to learn and just immersing yourself in an environment to have an experience? Yeah, a little bit like that, but also just um, instead of just just feeling like if there's something that I can affect change in, mm. um, why not just get straight into it? You know, okay. like um, I think of that Anne Frank quote: um, "Is there's no better time than now to hmm. to slowly change the world?" You know, like mm. there's yeah, kind of in that. Um, I don't know, epistemology or something. Yeah. yeah. It almost reminds me of that, like, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? Yeah, yeah. That kind of, when you're just, yeah. like, turning up and being like, hey, um, yeah. let's find your 32. Are you an 87 baby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so am I. <laughs> okay. That's so fun. And I, being the host of this podcast, Tegan, I didn't introduce myself before, but you guys know who I am. Uh, where? What month are you born in? June. 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 Okay. What's, what star sign does that make you? Cancer. Oh, I'm a Scorpio. I wonder if okay. they could be friends. I yeah, they're both crustaceans. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love awesome. it. Totally new approach. <laughs> Something Two like crustaceans that. can get along. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this should be a great conversation then. Oh, cool. Um, and so then I would also love to know a bit more about your soul. Like, what lights you up? What really excites you? Um, uh, I think about this a fair bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, um, I'm very much. If I just like have something, an ethos or something, I, I definitely imagine my purpose or something for the environment and then people and mm -hmm. then the arts and culture that um, that they 
get into on this mm. this planet sort of thing. So um, I guess it, what lights me up is yeah. is um, all of those things. It's um, it's all the, you know the art and culture that we all produce and um, the for nature that, that for affords. You, is that like painting? Is that creating art? Is that like sculpture? Is that like how, what does art and culture mean to you? Um, I think it's so like I think think of it really broadly as in just everything that humans are able to, um, you know the whole the whole human experience. Sort yeah, of thing. like we can constantly yeah, create. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I guess it's like looking at um, human impact on, say, the planet as mm-hmm. a as a as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. These are all the great things that we are able to to do together, okay. um, because. I guess in my line of work and things like that, um, I'm constantly repairing okay. <laughs> um, damages, you know, environmental damages and things like that. What so, is your line of work? Um, so I, my whole career has been in conservation and land management. Okay. And so most of that is um, rehabilitating forests. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing that on the Gold Coast for over 10 years and it's um it's a it's a like a long term um um job i guess of trying to correct some of the land practice the land uses or the damages we've had here for the last 250 years you know um and rehabilitating forests back to how they were before you know um so yeah it's a it's a great um job and it like Let's me be in nature. Um, yeah. Sort of five days a week. So totally. Yeah. yeah. Actually, and let's reverse it. You'd said before that you were so interested by the question of do you think we are nature? Yeah. Like usually I throw that at the end, but like I would love to hear now. Like so, if that if that is your job and it's about this idea of like repairing almost what seems like the damage that we have done to like a natural environment. Like, yeah. What does that mean to you? Do you think we are nature? Um. Yeah. I absolutely think we are nature Mm. um i don't think of nature as something as an othering thing i don't Mm. think i don't look at um at at forests and things like that and say that's nature and then our concrete jungles are not i Mm. think even the spaces that we live in are um they're absolutely nature as well um it's just that maybe we've shaped them to look a certain way Mm. um even even the even the built environment we have is nature just crafted a different yeah. into you know i guess our usable spaces um can I then ask, so like with with the um, regeneration stuff you do yeah. you know like if we like do you do like quarries and stuff is that like a no <laughs> okay what do you guys um so mainly what i'm what i'm sort of um, doing is broad scale. There goes my phone. <laughs> um, broad scale, like forest rehabilitation. So we're mainly looking at removing, say, um, weeds that have been introduced oh. to Australia, and promoting natives to come back in their place. Okay. Because what tends to happen is um, weeds come in for monocultures in in our forests. 
and then the biodiversity um, or the diversity of species, both plants and animals, that can use that space mm. is diminished. Okay. Um, so we see ourselves as just temporal land managers in, in that we go in, um, remove the things that are disrupting that system yeah. and allow the system um, to heal itself over yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. So even in that, like, how do you decide what is good and bad for the environment? Do you feel a little bit like God? Do yeah, you get it to is, like go yeah. in and like I have deemed you because sometimes like I don't know this is going to go on like a, a strange yeah. tangent potentially, but like I feel sorry for when we label things as weeds. You know, like it's just all a context, right? Where it's like, yeah. well, you in another environment are a beautiful flower, and yeah, it's like yeah. it's so celebrated, but you in yeah. this environment, you're a weed. Yeah, like um, I can see that um, on the Clarence River that I work on, there's cat's claw, yeah, and it kind of goes and grows over everything, and yeah. it's like you know it is actually quite beautiful and what it does yeah, and sure. the flowers it produces and you're like wow but it's like we've deemed you to be a weed because you're winning in this environment and yeah, we want yeah. the natives to win yeah like how do you do you guys have a whole process for that or how does it even feel personally like yeah if everything is nature like should we just leave it alone i don't know yeah um i guess it is kind of like playing god a little bit mm-hmm. in a sense um what i guess what we're trying to do is when you when you see something like cat's call, like what you just mentioned, yeah. um, it has such a dominating effect. Mm. And getting back to that idea of, um, you know, humans' effect on, say, this continent, um, it's only there because we introduced it, mm. and the and the biodiversity that was there just cannot cope mm. um, with what we've introduced. Yeah. So we're kind of just winding the clock back. We're not, mm-hmm. and 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 sort of saying, oh. You went. This ecosystem wasn't ready for that. It's, yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, and if we don't do that process, so so much um, biodiversity can be lost. Yeah. And as those everything's interconnected, and as those things start to break down, mm. um, you know, we're we become um, a lot of risk is opened up because you don't know what's going to be dependent on those yeah. native species that did inhabit that area totally i feel like we're only on really on the forefront of understanding how connected everything is you know like when it came out the trees talk to each other and that you know what they do through their roots and how the whole ecosystem of like a networking thing of mushrooms and where everyone's like oh my god that's amazing (laughs) you know so it's like still we don't know just how connected everything is you know when something comes and takes over that environment you're like those birds don't come here anymore and those plants are gone and then this is gone and just that we don't understand the ripple effect yeah, that's that's exactly it, and that's the reason for doing the work as mm. well. Um, so much of um, our productivity, even the things that you know um, that feed us and, and and things like that, are reliant on there being um, native pollinators and mm. and the bees. yeah, the yeah. bees, the wasps, yeah. um, even some of the mammals and yeah, and sure. you know the birds, everything. Um, yeah, it's not even just insects. It's yeah. it's all of those different um, animals that help to um, what we would call them a, a vector that yeah. help to spread biodiversity. Yeah. But they also are the same things that pollinate um, all of our crops and things like yeah. that. So losing losing biodiversity is is like a slippery slope kind of kind yeah. of thing and. Um, you know, it, it's hard to tell what the um, 
what the future is, what the exact right thing to do is, mm. which which weeds are you know more threatening, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But we can only just do our best based upon the knowledge that's that's there, mm. like um, of those ecosystems. And Isn't that how we brought in cane toads, though? Yeah. You know, like, we did the best for the situation that we are in, and it turns out that fucked everything up. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about that. But I, I'm just pushing it back on you, because I, I do believe that, yeah. yeah, like, we're trying to make the most best educated choices. Yeah. It's just funny when you look back in history. Like, and I always love yeah. that doctors used to recommend smoking. Yeah. And now we look back, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. But... It must be such yeah, a unique role then to play. Yeah, I think we've come a long way since mm, that, that amount of time. <laughs> and even for, say, biocontrols, where they might bring in a beetle or something like that that can predate upon an introduced species, mm-hmm. there's so much testing now that happens mm. instead of just putting some cane toads in a cage and yeah. throwing them there. Yeah, so it's um, that's part of the whole process, I guess, that... Yeah. We're not really doing those um, trial and error learning curves anymore. Yeah, okay. um, the, the people sort of who are doing, say, a biocontrol like a cane toad are a little bit more switched on yeah. now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I would actually love to know, with this idea that so you believe that everything is nature, so even yeah. if it's your concrete building to your tree to your, like, everything is, has, is nature, do you feel different then you know how some people go out into oh my god quote fingers um like yeah. go into nature so if you go into a forest and you have a certain feeling do you manage to get that same feeling from a building yeah yeah Whoa, <laughs> yes okay yeah actually that's like a really great point i i was just um on holidays and yeah. um i was in new york and i was look i i just crossed the brooklyn bridge and I came to a building um, and it sort of just really struck out at me. And normally it's probably the Brooklyn Bridge that strikes people. Yeah. But I looked at this building and I just thought, oh, wow, that's um, that's just very unique. It, it mm. looked like any tower, but it sort of had um, kind of wavy lines almost um, all the way down it. It was, it was like the building was flowing sort of yeah. thing. And... Um, and I happen to know an architect. He, I play in a band, and he's the drummer in that band. Yeah. And and I just sent this building to him straight away. And I said, um, "Who, you know, what what is this building? Can you tell me something about it?" Yeah. And he said, "Oh, it's by um, this architect Frank Gehry." Okay. And then I looked into um, um, Frank Gehry, and there were two. Th- and I, I started listening to you know some of the things he was saying, just yeah. watching watching some YouTube videos. And there was two things that struck out at me is um, he said buildings, um, they need to have a social um, conscience <laughs> because they should, be, um, they should be filled with love and they should mm. invite people to take shelter in them, you mm. know, and that was his purpose for creating buildings. And the other thing that he said was, um, you know, he looks at uh, architecture students now and... Um, they're going away from modernism and going back to this historicism. And in this, and he said, why, why are they doing that? Why are they trying to um, replicate um, Greek palaces or, yeah. or things like that? If they're going to go back, go all the way back, go okay. 300 million years back and, and um, let fish or something yes. um, guide the way you approach your building making. Nice. And then <laughs> subsequently, I think he made that comment 
flippantly yeah. in a in a lecture. Okay. But then he applied it to his own work. Yeah. And so all of these fish shapes started coming into his architecture. Yeah. And I think that's like that's really great. Um, it's it's you can be walking through the middle of New York and see something that looks a building that um, triggers your imagination to yeah. think that fish swum down the outside of it sort yeah. of thing to create the patterns in it yeah um that's so much more welcoming and inviting than yeah. say brutalism or this um very straight um, line straight yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's so yeah that's amazing i love that yeah so i think i think this idea of um nature is you know I definitely have. I know there's therapeutic benefits for mm. for being out in nature and that kind mm. of thing. But I guess as someone who spends sometimes spends an entire week in in mm. nature, um, it's nice to be able to find it in unexpected places, mm. even if it's the built environment, or even if we're introducing more nature into our cities and mm. our and our places, because yeah. It, I was just thinking, like, I'm like, well, if if we're... So far, a lot of the people I've spoken to do think we are nature. Like, everything yeah. is nature. Then I'm like, oh, shit. Then we need a new word for what we call nature now. Because it's like, <laughs> if everything's nature, right? Yeah. Like, what do we call it? The wilderness the, or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wonder... I mean, the English language is so powerful. Like, yeah. thoughts become words, become actions. Like, we have to make sure we're in yeah. integral kind of thing. So it's almost like undermining the nature of this house by me yeah. going, I'm going out into nature. It's like... Yeah. Someone's knocking on the door being like, Tegan, you're already there. Yeah. Being like, oh, I'm going out to the river or I'm going out yeah, into the wilderness or the yeah. Yeah. less man-made-y nature. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Pure nature. Pure nature, uh, yeah. yeah. Untouched. Yeah. Anyway, that's a... New Zealand had that great, um, still going, um, campaign, pure, 100% pure New Zealand or something yeah. like that. But I think, like, uh, for a whole country to take that up and as a symbol of who they are yeah. would reflect so much more in their culture and the way they they exist. And, oh, man, yeah. New Zealand have got it going yeah. on, don't they, I really? Know. I mean, yeah. like, they're so little, but they're just, like, rocking it <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. Um, so now I'm super excited to ask. I would love to hear the powerful journey that you've had outdoors in nature. Yeah, um, I was thinking about this on the way here, and um, I, would thought, I thought I'd tell a m- more unconventional journey that I guess... Um, again, talks about my my workplace, yeah, and that's a journey kind of with nature um, to restore um, to restore a forest. Yeah. Um, um, so the way I guess a bush regenerator's job um, works is we might have um, ten or so sites that we're visiting yeah. on a rotational basis. So you might go back to the same place every second week who picks these that's like how do these sites get chosen um well it, it, they can be across different land tenures i guess it depends if you work in the public or the private sector okay um and you could be in a you know a national park a a local council's reserve okay. you could be in private property a okay. lot of a lot of private um landholders are doing restoration on their cool. properties too um, so it could be any, um, but let's just say Springbrook for the yeah, for yeah, the sake cool. of say choosing one. Yeah. Um, but I think um, yeah. So a journey that I've definitely had with 
say um, this particular site in Springbrook has been over say six or seven years. Wow. And that's um, a long-term relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what a day would look like is you know three three people getting in a truck and driving to that site yeah. and um, hiking all your gear in. Um, you know, your tools to be able to do your weed control works yeah. kind of thing, your lunch for the day, um, your protective equipment, all that sort of stuff. And I, I like to describe it as like, it's like mowing the lawn in a sense, mm-hmm. because you walk every single part of that bushland. Yeah. So, and you're taking, I guess, like a different strip off yep. of that Um that bushland every time um and just like mowing the lawn you've got to do it again um the next month and the next yeah. month and the next month and so this site at springbrook i guess was about 35 hectares okay and so every second week or sometimes twice a week or it depends you know what the weather conditions are doing all that kind of thing um there'd be three of us up there work walking through the bush you know for eight hours of that day um, every looking at every square inch of it, yeah. looking for weeds. You, um, luckily, this site didn't have many weeds, yeah. many problems at all. So it felt like being a paid bushwalker in a sense. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people get into bush regeneration and conservation land management as yeah. well, because it's every day being immersed yeah. in in the bush and. Um, and so you, you know, you walk as if it's almost like an emu parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First people, yeah, yeah. so you've got to line up. Usually when you work with kids, they've all got to like line up before you leave a campsite and you have to walk as one. Yeah. Kind of like when they're looking for like, I mean, this sounds morbid, like, you know, when they're looking for a dead body or for evidence, yes. how you all yeah. walk in one yeah. line so that nothing gets missed. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what it's like. But and, kids have and... to do it with rubbish, not dead bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do it with the weeds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And hopefully no dead bodies. That's no. worst nightmare, actually. People yeah. think about that now, professional. Sure. Imagine if you came across one. It's so the worst thing ever. There's but. two things. I love that one, there's a big quote that's been sticking in my head that I've seen so much lately that's like, there's no such thing as work-life balance. There's just life. Right. Yeah. You okay. know, like, there's just life. What are you going to do with it? And I guess you've kind of been like, well, I want to be out in un touched nature as much as possible you know yeah. and then that's i mean you've then put your energy into that and then i you'd make an income like an energy exchange from that which is really cool one thing i would love to know though like you know what like they say that where energy go energy flows where energy goes where energy flow you know like what you pay attention to grows usually do you ever find that you're looking for the negative in a really beautiful environment Ooh. Because um, it's like you're looking no, for weeds, right? Like Okay, but the other flip side of that yeah. is that we're also looking for the positive. So oh, cool. at the same time that we're looking to control um, these weeds, we're also looking for the next generation of native plants. Okay. And in fact, we're probably more looking for them as juvenile species oh. than we are for the weeds. Okay. Because they're the ones we need to protect and nurture yeah. and will be the next, the next you know, um, native forest. Yeah. So um, we've... Yeah, a part of the profession is knowing what both a weed and a native looks like mm. at, a, at a really small stage, what we call a cotyledon. Like okay. it's only got two 
two leaflets on it. It's the smallest of the small. Wow. It's like the where's Wally yeah. of the nature yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. So we're always looking for um, native emergent species, but also the, the whole um, joy of it as well is looking at um, the old growth trees that are there. Mm. Massive, massive. Mm. Say at that in Springbrook, there's these massive New England black butts that are, uh, you know, the size of a car wide or um and with big hollows and you you can walk through them and 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 see out the top of them but they're still alive and you know they've seen fire upon fire over you know um the last they're probably two three hundred years old these these really big big trees and then you're also seeing um you know, you see the, the the waratahs come into flower in um, sort of November or something like that, and yeah. you and it catches your eye, and and you see um, land mullet just, um, you know, basking in the sun, and you, so what is seeing, a land mullet? A land mullet? Yeah, what is that? It's <laughs> it's Australia's biggest skink. Um, so it's bigger than a blue tongue. And it's all black, and yes, I have like it's a, not a, look a fish. Of shock on my face right now. I'm like, so a, a land mullet. Is yeah. it called the land mullet because it kind of looks like a mullet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it's on the land. And it's but like it, a skink, but it's yeah. all black. Yeah, it looks wow. halfway. It it definitely just looks like a skink. It's probably the color of a mullet. Okay. Um, but is it as big as your hand? As big as your arm? Uh, like how big are you Big as your arm. It's yeah. like your whole arm. Half of it. Okay, your up forearm. to your elbow. Yeah. Your forearm. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you'd get to know, like, even particular land mullet, you, like, we'd name them. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Um, hey, Freddie. Morris. <laughs> Morris, yeah. <laughs> it always started with M. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're always on the lookout for all these other things. And part of the job, too, is recording, you know, the species and things you see. Okay. And we'd see things that no one else would really see. Um, This um, particular summer we saw what's called a Tim Tam bug. Okay. And it looks just like a a Tim Tam with legs. Wow. That's what it kind of looks like. And I saw um, a... My workmates and I, we saw a Facebook page. I can't remember which one, but they published um, something like... Um, Tim Tam bug, the first time seen in a hundred years or something yeah. like that, uh, thought to be extinct, and we we're like, oh, we see that all the time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, and it was, it's on this giant um, fungi called curry punk, and um, we just watched it eating that for you know months, yeah. sort of thing. And uh, we obviously we. ID these things and then you learn about how special they are and and when you've got a really broad plant ID then you're on the search for Mm. um, the plants that you think are more special and and that kind of thing so um, yes we're like out there killing the weeds this is a long way to get around to that (laughs) to that um, question but um, we're looking for so much more as well and uh, the weeds become so boring, um, yeah. and you say like, um, "Why are you, you know, do you see that you don't see the weeds as nature?" Well, 
after you see the forest rehabilitate mm. um, and all the diverse amount of species that come back and yeah. then all the animals that move in to use those spaces, you don't feel so bad about yeah. killing the weeds anymore. Okay, sure. Yeah. And why does that feel so powerful to you? Like, well, I mean, to begin with, it sounds like you get to go behind the scenes. Like, you know, when yeah. we go into national parks, it's like we got to stick to the track and yeah. do all of that. Like, you yeah. get to just go wild, which is, I'm very jealous. Yeah. Um, but why does that feel so powerful for you? Like, why does that stay with you so much? Um, it's, it's sort of hard not to. I guess you spend that much time in there. It, part of it is that um, feeling like you're in, yeah, behind the scenes. Mm. Like you, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'm going to okay. use that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of it is that um, getting to know a piece of mm. a piece of bush really, really well. Yeah, is is quite powerful. Um, and and feeling like you're helping it on its journey is great. Yeah. Um, and also, it's really rewarding, like mm. seeing um, seeing all the plants that you've helped um, nurture, grow, and become the next um, mm. forest sort of thing. Like, it's, it's quite rewarding yeah. to see that you've helped on that rehabilitative journey for that for that patch of bush. Um, it's again, I'd just say we're like temporal forest managers. Yeah. So say on this particular in this particular place, um, we were able to go there because it was quite intact still. Yeah. We were able to go there and in, say, five to six, seven years, largely that forest is now looking after itself where it was once minimally impacted by weeds. Other other parts of our um, environment aren't so um lucky yeah and those restoration journeys could take 50 years Mm. or you know it's really site dependent on on how bad the impacts have been sure but getting to be a part of that Mm. site's rehabilitation that's that's pretty cool yeah absolutely Um, yeah so do you have a sense of like camaraderie as well with the you know the three of you go out there every day like yeah yeah it's you absolutely get to know people so well you know everything about them because you're stuck with them for eight hours a day um you end up knowing everything about each other you you're with them more than you are your family or or people you choose to be with yeah and i know a lot of workplaces are like that but it's but also a lot of workplaces aren't in isolated nature or um you're not away from the hustle and bustle sort of thing. Totally. So you, you every lunch break is basically sitting in a, a forest. Sesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so's the work as well. Yeah. Um and you, you get to know each other's mannerisms and everything, even each other's work styles yes. and and there's even um a sense of, you know, when we're talking about that emu parade, you know exactly um what that other person to your left or right has covered or yeah. and the communication there's really really um high level as well yeah. it's it gets you know when you're starting that working relationship with someone um working in the bush in this way um it starts very verbal and then it almost becomes yeah. non-verbal sometimes yeah. um you just know what the other person what their area is you totally. know um, it and almost like it harbors such an environment for such intimacy. 
Yeah. You know, like sure, it yeah. just maybe if we took everyone out of the boardroom and put them always like in the forest <laughs> or something. And I guess it's like when you take all those distractions away and then you, it sounds like such a, an, an element of presence. Like yeah. because you're having to look for certain things, you're constantly having to be so present where you are right yeah. here and working as that team. It's like your energy bubble now contains them as well. So you're moving like as one. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like that. But also um, you can almost become too present. Because okay. funny, funny things will um, happen. You'll just like um, at that site, I remember walking through the bush and because you're looking for all of these things, sometimes you forget to look what's right in front of you yeah and you might accidentally step on a snake or <laughs> sorry buddy yeah <laughs> or um a goanna um ran up my workmate's leg yeah. sort of thinking his leg was a tree sort of thing because you, you you sort of um you get your eye in for certain things yeah. and exclude other things like like that it's metaphor for life isn't yeah. it like so yeah. much yeah are there any challenges with this role because so far i'm like you guys have got your cut just... lunch you're just immersed in nature i'm just you make your yeah. best friends like <laughs> are there any challenges uh i think some of the things that are also the good parts of the job are the bad parts okay. as well um it's very physical, and then through Queensland summers, especially, oh, or yeah, northern sure. New South Wales summers, it can be very hard work. Yeah. Um, and then also what we talked about with that um, with that team element is that there can be no new team members introduced for huh. a year or two years or something sure. like that. So at some point... Um, tensions can yes. can arise because you know each other too well or yeah. it, things become irritating or that kind of thing yeah it, that rarely happens in my yeah. experience of it um but yeah some of the some of the good things can also be um yeah some of the torturous things it's like yin and yang time. right it's like yeah. there's good and the bad and bad and the good and you yeah. kind of learn that well, love is hopefully at the centre of all of it. I mean, it's you guys' yeah. love that you have for the environment that you're in and for that work, so it's amazing. Yeah. I would love to know, Jesse, like, if you if you were to write a letter of gratitude or to say gratitude, even to that Springbrook, even that yeah. that place that you've been working on, what would you say to it? Um, I, I, I honestly think I'd write it to whoever sent me there. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you for yeah. <laughs> letting me be a part of this um, journey. Um, but I, um, I, I guess the place itself um, would. It, I mean, it's definitely taught me things about um, about what you know that non-nature you know i've sort of said everything's nature but i don't know what to call um the yeah i've I've broken the system now yeah Yeah, let's call it the hustle and bustle (laughs) (laughs) um i guess it's definitely taught me um yeah uh, to one thing i i I remember actually was taught to me by someone else but um just to have some sense of like peace or like um patience mm. that kind of thing when you're out in nature or in the wilderness or yeah. whatever we're calling uh, nature now um when you're doing the work that we we're doing and it's and you're there most of the week um you get so much time 
to to filter through your thoughts mm. and that kind of thing. And then when you bring that back into um, suburban life, mm-hmm. um, I think you're able to let things pass a little mm. bit, a little bit more. And those relationships you build with the people that you're working with as well, mm. where tensions might swell up, that kind of thing. I think you also learn um, how to let things pass because mm. you know, you know, there's a sense of um, yeah, there's a sense of I don't know, peace or something built in mm-hmm. in that environment um, that just helps you through that. It's like allowing, kind of. Yeah. Like it's like almost when tensions arise, but it's like that too is okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. here they come, and there they go. This yeah. too shall pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it's sort of part of that. Um, there's just the quietness of mm. of being out in, say, that Springbrook area or mm. something like that. Um, you can bring a bit of that quiet home. Mm. I have a I have a personal question. Yeah. Do you meditate? Uh not not specifically. Mm-hmm. Um I think like uh definitely part of the, when people talk about forest bathing and things oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> people like to me that's just work. Um yeah. but I definitely do some yoga and um and music and stuff like that to be yeah. part of my life and um like saying to you earlier um, as many different experiences I can have, yeah. um, I try to definitely, um, let them come to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, not, not, not meditation. No, as, I was just wondering because it's like know. almost, it sounds like you get that bit of a meditative stage yeah. or that kind of ethos from just, you know, being in that yeah. forest and doing that. And I was just wondering if, yeah, yeah, well, that's so... Wow. How did you, did you just come out of school being like, I want to do this job? Um, no, definitely not. Uh, I grew up in Crumman Valley and I definitely think spending so much time just in the bush or on the Crumman Creek when it's flooding, don't mm. play in floodwaters, but I did. Yeah. Um, just growing up out there definitely um, gave me a background where I was very comfortable yeah. in, um being just outdoors or that's what I enjoyed yeah. my childhood was you know BMX bikes and yeah. and um rapids and 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 was it was really nature anyway um but I got into it through a friend um who I was working a different job and then he said I've got some part-time work yeah. doing this do you think you'd be interested um him knowing as well that you know, I was into like bushwalking yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, why not? And I thought it was just going to be part-time work, yeah. but then I really fell in love with it. Yeah. yeah. I love that, but I guess it was that, um, that being open to new experiences that kind of allowed you there and then just knowing what feels good for you. And so when those two kind yeah. of combined, it was just like, yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's so... When you, I think when you start that career, you can't believe someone's going to pay you to do it. Like totally. It's, it's, um, that's what I want everyone's life to be like, yeah. you know, like I want everyone to be like, just think of what you do and then just be like people pay me so much money to do this. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Like even when I was at the circus last night and I mean, I've never been to Cirque du Soleil and I've never really been to many circuses before because I kind of vetoed animals. So that's yeah, animals yeah. in that kind of scene. So, yeah. 
But when I was there, I was like, there was one guy who just who had like a yo-yo and just did like extreme yo-yoing. And I was like, this guy has made a whole life out of yo-yos. Or there was one guy who could balance. He just balanced on stuff. And I'm like, fuck yes. (laughs) Like you just doing what you love and you've made this, you've made a whole life out of it. Yeah. And it was really inspiring to be like, you can do what you love and what feels good and money can be a byproduct of that. Like, and then the things you're going to spend that money on is going to be awesome. Like, it's just this awesome fun circle. Yeah. (laughs) I want as many fun circles as possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, I love that. Do you have... Is there any, like, an adventure and a journey you have coming up soon? Um, I'm definitely... I, I just finished a, a, a holiday, really, um, and I was away for a month and a bit. Yeah. And so there's nothing straight off the off the bat that yeah. I'm thinking of doing. Um, Are you integrating being home okay? Because I think that's a big thing after you go yeah. on like, a holiday or a journey and to come back, you're just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, are you happy to be home? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm super stoked here back into my work and, yeah. and stuff like that um but yeah definitely the first i think the first week when you get home from something you're just like what do i do with myself what do i who am i yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> why does it feel like there's so much free time again okay. yeah there's there was definitely a few days of that but then i'm like no nope, i've got lots of things i need to do now yeah <laughs> so, get back on track yeah to the next one yeah well thank you so much jesse for sharing that story and i love so much that the powerful journey you had is like a powerful journey you have almost every day. Like you put yeah. yourself in that scenario and that has become your life and that's just, that's who you are. Yeah. You're experiencing yeah. who you are, which Thanks is awesome. Thanks for having me, yeah. Cool. Any time. I can't wait for another time. I think I'm going to get everybody back because they're always like, oh, maybe I should have said this or I should have done yeah. this or, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, thank you so much for that. And for everyone to, for listening, thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, and until next time, you... Try some of the other stories. All the stories are so different. Give yourself a go. Um, And if you would like to be on the podcast, um, don't hesitate in reaching out and sharing your fun story as well. But until then, have fun. Have fun. Get a fun circle. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)